Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where we help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Dominic Tite. Dominic Slice Tite brings his fighter pilot background and applies these skills to guide goal-oriented individuals with techniques that American fighter pilots use to ensure mission success. High output individuals struggle with information overload, so he created the largest online group of fighter pilots to guide action takers in short, impactful steps. Since 2002, Slice has guided hundreds of students toward their goals. His blueprint is called Single Minded Single Seat Mindset, an impactful group of 40 plus fighter pilots guiding with combined experiences of 700 plus years. That's crazy. They share proven formulas and life advice to their inside circle community to ensure success and big achievements, all while avoiding overwhelm, overload, and flame out. They dive deep into the productivity, into the productivity world to provide guidance through short, impactful steps. So please welcome to the show, Dominic Tite. Don, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Looking to unpack some uh, some things and 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 help. It sounds great. 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 Well, if we can, let's first tell people about you and how you got to where you are, because I always find that interesting, the background story of who people are. Yeah. So I got the the uh, itch to to be a pilot at a pretty young age. Um, and the kind of the that's kind of the path that I followed um, growing up, I think, having um, having known that I wanted to either be a major league baseball player or <laughs> a fighter pilot. Um, really helped because um, just, you know, growing up, uh, kids are exposed to a lot of drugs and, and other various activities. And um, I played baseball the way up through junior college, but then uh, avoiding the drug scene and, you know, kind of keeping my nose clean, as they as they yeah. say, um, really helped when it came to, um, you know, put my application in and start uh, start that process to, to join the Air Force. So. I was a little bit different than most though. I joined through officer training school. Um, I had, I started civilian flying when I was 16 and by 18, I was a civilian flight instructor. So I started building time that way. And then I had enough time to basically start pursuing an airline career and, or, you know, put an application and try to join the military. And the, both of them kind of happened at the same time. And I decided to go the military route just because um, I figured it was kind of a one and done type of uh, offer. Right. And then, yeah, joined the military, went through officer training school and competed for a fighter jet spot. And um, <laughs> with with enough grit and determination, I, I weaseled my way into a, a fighter jet and the rest is history. Now I'm teaching um, student pilots, fighter jet student pilots here at the schoolhouse. So everything from, um, you know, a student that's gone through the screening program, undergraduate pilot training, the fighter track, introduction to fighter fundamentals and another jet. And then when they finally get to us, it's the first time they've 
they've you know been inside and actually flown a real life fighter jet so it's pretty pretty cool and we also do re requalifications for right um guys coming back to the jet so but the the young students you know that are that are here learning to fly for the first time they're just so happy and excited to be here it's 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 a lot of fun and that's a lot of work i mean being you know even on the civil or on the uh civilian side it's there's a lot to it i mean people you know it's not just pull a stick and make press a gas or that type of thing there's you got to know aeronautics you got to know your engineering got to know your instrumentation and then you multiply that by what 800 times for a fighter jet (laughs) it's it's crazy you know well if we can i'm I'm curious i gotta know where did the name slice come from i mean i'm thinking slice of pizza (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i do like to play golf a lot it's i didn't Ah. get it because i have a slice um (laughs) are you left-handed i'm right-handed okay (laughs) yeah so depending on the course that uh, a slice will will either play play to your uh your handicap or it'll kill you but um yeah, so I, I didn't get it because I golf, but because as a young fighter pilot, um, I busted a ride because I almost um, essentially sliced my uh, instructor pilot in half with my jet. So we were um, doing for for the lay person essentially dog fighting, like you see okay. in, in Top Gun, right? So um, very close in maneuvering where your objective is to shoot the other aircraft before they can shoot you. And I broke a training rule to shoot my instructor pilot. And it resulted in us having a very close pass. And um, yeah, and so that's they I was also in Japan at the time in an American fighter squadron over there. And the the squadron mascot was uh, a samurai warrior. So the uh, the slice, you know, yeah. ninja sword, all that kind of stuff fit um, back then. And up to that point, I'm very grateful. Up to that point, I had been called a lot of other things that were much more derogatory in nature. So um, we'll say that I was a uh, the intersection of, of luck and timing, uh, and hard work. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, great. It's, it's always interesting how those names come about and so forth. And I'm glad you didn't end up with a derogatory one. Cause that'd be a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because, um, I was looking up your information and so forth and it talks about all your, your program and all that that you guys offer. Um, I'm curious because a fighter pilot, it's like you need to make these quick decisions. So is that what you help people with? Because it seems, you know, you're, you you talk about how you got to make decisions on your own. Are those usually quick decisions? Do you help people train their minds so they can make these? How does that work? Yeah. So um, what ended up happening is I, I about, well, it's been over six years ago now, but we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and I interviewed and got hired by a reserve squadron so i don't have to move and what that ushered in was um for many years i'd been studying i'd always i grew up in real estate i'd owned some real estate and i started buying real estate in phoenix and then i started a a, basically a passive multifamily apartment investing company Mm -hmm. and i had written a book there we called it single seat investor and it's not i'm not telling your listeners to go get that book but essentially why that's important is that business and the reason i'm saying not to get that book is it's very specific to what i do and it's very specific to fighter pilots but i leveraged what i learned there in that business and during covid i was out on a mountain bike ride one day you know and this class was really struggling and it was a hobby 
to start out, but I was like, you know, we have a unique, as fighter pilots, a unique single seat mindset, right? So that's the name of the company is single seat mindset. And I took a lot of the lessons learned in the first um, couple of businesses that I owned and just leveraged them into a hobby at the time. It was the worst hobby yeah. I ever started. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it gave us a lot of purpose um, because those lessons that we learn, you know, at 800 plus miles an hour, those processes and those kind of things, anybody can learn, right? right. Because Bob, I haven't flown with a with a student that has gotten in the aircraft and just been good right, right. out the door. It doesn't right. it doesn't work. I mean, flying a fighter jet is incredibly difficult. It's um, it's a very physically demanding um, occupation, and um, you have to have at least some smarts and the yeah. ability to learn because things move very fast. Yeah. And as humans, we can only do one thing at a time. So you have to know what thing to do next. We call them, you know, near rocks and far rocks. Like what are the things that are going to kill you right now? Yeah. And then also you need to be thinking about the stuff that's out in front of your jet. So that if you're misprioritizing those tasks, you don't die. Right. So there are things that's that you need good, to be doing. It's a good thing to think about, not dying. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the the nearest alligator, right? If you're looking right. at the alligator fifty feet away, but you have one one foot away from you, that that's the dude that's going to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we, you know, I basically saw a need during COVID when the class was really struggling, and what it started out as was these short little, and it it took on a bunch of different names. We call it the competent wingman. It's just a program that. I started sending to the class of fighter student fighter jet students once a week and it was just a short two minute message because they're very busy it's a very difficult yeah. syllabus and training program and i was like they need something every week at least that they're not getting because they're locked down or masked up or right. you know not doing the social thing in the fighter squadron and then that grew into a program that we automated online and people started using it that were not fighter pilots and they're like actually this applies to business and other things and then i asked the older fighter pilots, the instructors, I was like, well, when you retire, what are you going to do? You know, you're, you're yeah. just gonna let your story die. And so, because I had written books before started businesses, you know, built websites, done stuff that other fighter pilots weren't really doing. Yeah. At least not on a big scale. Like that's just generally fighter pilots don't do that. I was like, well, what if we start the single seat wisdom series of books? And so each one of those books is about a 10 minute story, 20 times over. So there's 20 chapters, each written by a different fighter pilot. Oh. And it just goes through, it goes through like a, a, a life problem or something that you could have, whether that's perspective, right. learning how to debrief, missionizing your business. I mean, you name it with that fighter pilot's wisdom, um, just packaged in something that you can read in 10 minutes. Right. And that has been one of the most powerful things that, you know, we've been able to do is put these books together so people can read and just kind of read into the, the mindset, kind of how do fighter pilots think? Yeah. And can I learn that myself? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, and you brought up a couple of interesting points there too, that I want to touch on because yeah, when you're in a fighter jet, you're going out, you said over 800 miles an hour, things change rapidly. And you got to be able to adjust to that. I, I appreciate that thing. Okay. What's going to kill you now. And then looking down the road, when you're going at that speed, that thing that you think is so far away will be right on top of you very shortly. Um, and so many times in life, we got to think of those things too. Um, you know, it, it's, um, you never know. None of us are here permanently. I always, if you will preach on this, but final documentation. It doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow, but make sure you have it in place because something could happen that all of a sudden that is now in your forefront and you don't want to have to be signing those documents in a hospital bed, you know, yeah. um, get stuff like that out of the way. 
and even in your business, you know, you may like you you found out, okay, you started this and then it's very impactful. Now it's coming quickly. Now you got all these customers coming. Oh no, what do I do? How do we grow yeah. that? How have you been able to, if you will, shift that mindset of, yeah, you know, it's kind of like you said, it started as a hobby, but then it, something clicks. You help them to see that that motion of, okay, we got to turn this, you know, we got to turn this engine on and get going here. Yeah. So with that business, um, so the first business was the the real estate one and it gave, it, it didn't start, granted businesses, you have to generate money if you're running a business, right? Otherwise you have a very expensive hobby, yeah. right? We, we all know that. But then the, the second business I started, I was buying and selling stuff at, so the real estate business was going and then I was buying and, and, and I have uncles and family members that do this where they buy stuff at auctions and then they yeah. either fix them or resell them. But that business was, it was very, very high transactions right. um, unless you get into the bigger ticket items where you're selling like, you know, tractors and, and bigger, you know, $80,000 right. items. Um, but it was about money and it wasn't, that's not a lasting thing to start on is money. And it burned me out. So I shut the business off. And then, like I said, as we moved into COVID, I was like, you know, there's, there's gotta be a way for us to, to overcome these challenges and that birth single seat mindset. And then as it grew, um, I decided early on that we, that I wasn't going to keep the money from that, that business. We were going to give it all away to a children's cancer nonprofit, which increased the level of, um, yeah. you know, purpose behind it, right? There's a very, a much higher purpose to it because yes, it is about money. Um, and the reason I decided the, the big switch is I go, if I can figure out how to monetize this business, then it will drive my purpose higher because we'll be helping even an, an entire other group of people, which are families that have children going through um, cancer treatments. Right. So how can we, you know, up the ante, if you will, and, and help people with that business. And if I can, and because I've owned businesses, I can set it up like one that's, that's, yeah. it was not easy, but like, I know how to set that up. I can set the framework. We can build on top of that. And then now as it's generating money, even though we're giving it away, we're monetizing it and it's, it's increasing the, you know, the impact more yeah. than just, you know, we're sharing stories to the current and future generations with, you know, fighter pilot wisdom. I'm helping current fighter pilots. Uh, I hope if, if it's not a help, then I hope that they just uh, unsubscribe. And then, you know, we're also helping these families that, you know, hospital bills or I can yeah. only imagine, yeah. I'm just a, a punch to the face, especially if you, if, if you're, if you're not, uh, you know, if you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Well, anybody to have your kid go through that. I mean, that's just bless you for doing that because that's, that's a big calling. Um, I, I certainly, it touches my heart that you do that. When I read that, I was like, wow, that's really cool. And it, it, you bring up a great point because that drives your purpose higher so that you're, you know what you're giving for, you know, it's bigger than you. Um, yeah. Nobody likes to see that. Um, you talk about uh, some of the tips for peak performance. Can you share yeah. some of those with us? Like five tips of peak performance or something that, that would. Yeah. So people? we'll do. Um, I think I've kind of distilled them down into uh, some things that I think about and I'll call them the big three. Okay. Um, so the, the first one is, you know, if you are an action oriented person, right? So you can read all the self-help books that you want. You can go to college and have big fancy degrees, but if you don't, if you don't start putting stuff into action, you don't learn, right? You don't train your mind. Like if you think about a fighter pilot, they go through academic training 
and instruction, but it's not until they get in the jet and start putting those things into action is where they start learning, right? Mm -hmm. So those, and and I'm not talking about the learning modality, whether that, whether you're visual or audio or those types of things, I'm talking about you actually doing it. So you move the information from prefrontal cortex into, I have to think about it a lot to motor cortex. I mean, think of a, a professional, you know, that we just had the world series, right? Think of the the professional baseball player that's in the batter's box. He's not thinking about how to hit the ball. Maybe are some thoughts. He is motor cortex. He's trained his brain that this happens. This is my reaction. And he's done it so many times he's learned that. So that learned behavior, right? Nobody grows up and is just a major league baseball player. That's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Right? Right. So action is how we learn, but what action can generate the, what happened to me is what I call the um, achievement hamster wheel where yeah. now as I start to do things and I put things into action, I get more ideas. Right. And it's right. like, Ooh, that's a good idea. Now you find yourself just at a full sprint on this hamster wheel that you can't get off and you're stuck because mm-hmm. you haven't defined success. If you have defined success, it was only for you. So it's very, um, me oriented success. Okay. Right. And then it burns you out. Right. So the way that I, you know, and that happened to me about six years ago where I had on the exterior, a great life. I own a couple of businesses. I was a professional fighter pilot. Um, pretty much anything that I had put my mind to in my life. Granted, I had a bunch of failures, but, um, those events didn't define me and I was successful, but in my mind, I crashed and I went through a very, um, painful couple of years going through counseling and stuff like that, just from life, it all built up. But part of that was I was in this achievement hamster wheel where I was a high achiever. I was getting things done. I was instructor pilot. I was starting a business. I was doing all this stuff, but I hadn't, and I'll, I'll I'll touch on this here in a second, but success. But then, you know, after you define success, asking yourself, what significance does that have beyond me? So outward of me, does that mean that my story ends? So if I achieve success, if I make a $20 million business and I sell it, cool. The business is successful, but then am I going to end up finding myself living under the streets in Las Vegas, doing fentanyl with a bunch of homeless people because I blew all my money. So I guess the story and, and how it, it translated into more of a timeless story was really helped by his single seat mindset because we write these books. They're, they're kind of timeless. My kids can't unpublish these books. Yeah. They could take my real estate business, fight over it, sell it all off and then gamble the money away. But the significance of single seat mindset, that company was more timeless because now I'm helping fighter pilots even share their stories. Ones that would never have thought of publishing a book. They're now able to do that. And we're 40, 40 fighter pilots strong. Now we're onboarding about 20 a year, getting them to write their story and publishing them. So it's a pretty young company. Um, the achievement hamster wheel though. Cause I, I get stuck in this even now, but I recognize it. And, right. um, the thing, this, this is an oversimplification, but for me, I started going to bed earlier, which then prevented me from having a beer and yeah. eating a bag of chips and watching a Netflix show. Right. Right. And then I woke up refreshed. And the way that I got out of the hamster wheel was five minutes each morning. I just sit still. You can meditate, pray, sit in silence, read the Bible, do, do your thing there, but you need to spend five minutes not doing, especially if you're an action oriented person, just sit still. And it is, the silence is deafening. I tried 15 minutes when I started, I couldn't do it, Bob. Yeah. Could not do it. No, I I can imagine because I I saw a clip on a, 
one of these home improvement shows and it's the guys that are up in Detroit fixing up the homes and one guy meditates and the other guy's sitting down to do it. You know, he's opening his eyes and he's the one that his mind's going 15 different yep. directions all the time. And I, I understand that. Yeah. Just, you yep. got to take that time though. And I do the same thing in the morning. That's my time. I, it, I'm able to do that. I have a cup of coffee. I can chill, let my mind just slowly get things going say some prayers. Um, you know, it's, you need that, like you said, that quiet time and and it can be deafening for those of you that are constantly want to go achieve and, and get things done. But sometimes you just need to shut it off. <laughs> yep. Well, the way you, the way that I shut it off, because somebody that's listening to that is going to go, well, I don't know how to. And it's like, well, the how for me was I put a pen and paper next to, next to me. So when anytime my brain tried to interact with what I was doing, I would just write it down and basically move that onto pen onto the pad of paper next to me go back to the stillness right and force yourself to do that because it is for me i, I tried 15 minutes like I, I lasted about 37 seconds <laughs> do it. but you need to you need to chill and then what that helps you do is it helps you see the intentionality of your day what right as if i can debrief myself at the end of the day this is what made today good what is that thing and then, you know, and this isn't a new concept. I'm, this is an original thought, you know, the, yeah. the biggest domino. What's your biggest domino today yeah. you can knock over that knocks over other ones? So that's the achievement hamster wheel. Um, five minutes each morning. It's super important. Go to bed earlier. Um, if you're not a morning person, you can learn to become yes. one. Yes. <laughs> Wake up five minutes earlier. Yeah. Um, very few people are morning people. I was not one. I was the one that woke up and I had a seven minute routine to get out the door to basically oh, wow. blast into work. Yeah. And as I got into work, somebody asked me this, if you don't have your agenda for the day, when you walk into work, somebody else will give you theirs. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so that morning time then became a very sacred time to go, what is what's wrong in my business? It allowed me to debrief and kind of tweak the machine, right. tweak the plan so that as I'm executing, cause fighter pilots plan, execute debrief. So it allowed me to kind of tweak my plan. And then in the day, as I'm executing, I can do this, the tweaks to my plan, because I have that intentionality, and then I can be debriefing myself throughout the day or at the end of the day. So it kind of, you know, we learn through action. So throughout the day, I was able to kind of tweak that machine. And I mean, even if you, for me, I was waking up an hour early every morning and working on my business, and then I was going into work. So I was waking up at 345 or four, I'd work for an hour. And then I'd, you know, go into work or, or some days if I had to report later, I would get a few hours of work done and it all adds up. Yeah. yeah. But that intentionality, the achievement hamster wheel, you'll know when you're on it because you'll start to be, I call it flame out, right? Cause we, yeah. we fly single term, seat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, single seat and single engine fighter jet. And if you run out of gas, you flame out and you, we glide about as good as the uh, space shuttle coming back in on re-entry. So <laughs> yeah. there's a thing you can't avoid. It's called gravity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so avoid the achievement hamster wheel, have some intentionality for, and start that at the beginning of your day. The next one is, um, you know, people think of single seat mindset. So fighter pilots were arrogant, were, you know, all of these words, right? Yeah. And I would say that unfortunately, sometimes that's true. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a certain, um, there's, there's just a confidence that is contagious, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that becomes part of that profession, because it's a pretty dangerous profession. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be, unfortunately, it can go one way or the other. 
Um, but I <laughs> think not that much you, in between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you can be bring that humble confidence um, that is competent confidence yeah. versus the arrogance, I think that's where um, things can really start to move. But even as a single seat fighter pilot, um, rarely do I fly by myself. I'm typically right. employing the jet with other um, fighter pilots in other jets, right? And it could be as little as two jets. Um, we very regularly employ in four, four ship formations. Um, and then I've been a mission commander of over a hundred different, you know, assets, um, wow. all working towards, you know, mission success. And what I'm getting at is team. So yeah. if you're a solopreneur, solo, that does not mean that you need to do everything yourself. Now, we both know as you're starting a business out, if you're the founder, you're going to have to do everything initially. You're going to have to interview people or whatever. But yeah. at some point, if you are a um, kind of a control freak or you want done, if you want things done very so specifically, that's going to break you and you're not going to grow. So there's that team that you control. Um, will also help you show what your your weaknesses are and you don't have to force it you don't need a team as you start yeah. um, you need to start that action needs to go you need to you know for me when i started my real estate company i fired the first i fired 85 percent of the people i hired in the first year wow. you know yeah. we bought our first apartment complex and i very rapidly my cpa had no idea what she was doing oh, she yeah. didn't know about yeah. accelerated cost depreciation um, i fired the contractor I hired a foreman. I hired a whole new contracting company. Like there was just a yeah. lot of that first year, you know, there's just a lot of turbulence. And guess what? The thing that helped me overcome that as I was um, building the team was each day I would be like, what am I fearing or what, what gives me pain? And then I would grab onto that and go, I need to fix that because I don't want to live with this. Right. And so that kind of helped me go, ah, that person on the team, it's not that they're a bad person. They're not a good fit for my business model. Need somebody else there. And that's a great way of stating that too, is, you know, it may not be the, it's just may not be the right fit, you know, and that's, yep. that's reality. I mean, people, you know, you're going to find out, like you said, the accountant didn't know the assets that well on multifamily apartments and all the, the innuendos of that, you know, you gotta, it's questions you learn to ask. Um, yep. You know, we all, you know, we, we start walking, we don't, take on a marathon the next day. We crawl, we fall down, we, you know, we walk, we fall down. Um, and you've gone through that scenario. Um, so is that some of the, I mean, it sounds like some of the obstacles you you've learned through the way and what else, what are some other things that may have helped you grow to overcome some of these hurdles that you've, you've seen in multiple businesses? Yeah. So the, I think the, the achievement hamster really talked about that. The team part of it is, yeah is that will highlight what maybe you're not good at. So having a little bit of introspection on yourself. And for me, I'm a, I'm an inertia guy. I'm a founder. I like to get stuff going. I, I'm not an inventor, but I can, I can take a broken bicycle wheel, fix it and get the machine going. So I know that about myself. I can do the CEO stuff. I can go yeah. through boring reports and look at accounting and read. I had to, I mean, I've taken, yeah. I've taken online courses and in college courses to figure out how to underwrite commercial property. And it's freaking boring. Right. So, <laughs> but you learn all that stuff. And I think the big thing is, is, um, I think it's on the temple of Apollo in Greece, but it says, know thyself. So yeah. as you start to know yourself, 
you know what you're not good at and you can put somebody in place there. But the last thing that I think the, the most important thing and I hinted at earlier is fighter pilots. We talk about plan, execute, debrief, right? right? Um, it's kind of exciting for me, but single seat wisdom volume two, those in out of those 20 fighter pilots, we were able to secure a test pilot and an astronaut. So he sees oh, the world cool. from a, a different perspective, but his chapter is plan, execute, debrief. And he talks about some of the failures that he saw in his career as an astronaut and fighter pilot and test pilot. But that construct is very important um, as a business owner, entrepreneur, yeah. um, father, husband, wife, what have you to plan enough to get going. So don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. If you right. are one of those people, set a date, go, hey, on July 1st, I'm gonna hit the gas pedal. I'm gonna put this plan into action. The next one is as you're executing it, if you know thyself and you have your team, you can be tweaking that execution yeah. plan. And then most importantly, I'd say something that American fighter pilots are very, very good at is debriefing. So we have, you know, even a, and, and I'm not plugging the book, like I'm not saying people need to buy the book, but the single seat wisdom volume one, there's a top gun instructor pilot. So he went through top gun school. He was a top gun instructor pilot in the air force weapons school. And his chapter is the art of a fighter pilot debrief. And he has an actual mm. framework that he wrote, which is you start at the top and you ask yourself, did I execute my game plan? And then it's just a simple question answer and it gets you to your root cause. And that's the, I think right. the important piece of that is as you're debriefing, one of the trickiest things for me, Bob, is when something happens and it's luck. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause then you may not debrief, but you didn't learn. Right? right. And you may do the same thing over, unfortunately, and it may fail because of luck. Right. There's no clear answer. Yeah. So but, that debriefing you know, portion, you know, if you are, you know, plan enough to get going and then each day at the end of the day or in your five minutes, your sacred five minutes in the morning, debrief yourself so that you can tweak your plan. You can get out there and execute and then make sure that you debrief. And if you think that you're real, if you, <laughs> if, if you're like me and you think that you're smart enough to remember everything and you don't write things down, yeah. you lose, yeah. you deserve to crash and burn. So start writing stuff down. Don't think of it as a journal. If you're a dude, maybe like scribing or keeping notes or whatever, Yeah. but go back and review that stuff because a lot of your answers will be right in front of your face. Yeah. So that was, that's kind of the last thing that has really helped me as a business owner is it's like, man, if I'm feeling the squeeze or if life is heavy, I go, what? what do I need to debrief myself on? Where, where is my pain point so that I can even, you know, maybe remove a person, insert somebody into the team. Maybe I'm, I'm not filling up my spiritual bucket. I'm not praying enough. I'm not spending enough time with my family. Maybe I'm just achieving stuff, but yeah. where are we going with this? So I think those things, um, the achievement hamster wheel, the five minutes each morning, the team around you, your most influential people that you have around you. And then the last one is plan, execute, and then most importantly, debrief so that you can yeah. tweak your plan and re-execute again the next day. Wow. Good stuff, Dominic. Well, where can people find out more about you and get a hold of you and, and your your courses? I mean, this sounds really interesting. I got to get, you know, I think I might have to look at a few of those volumes. So where can they find out more about you? Yep. So singleseatmindset.com. So like single seat is in one seat, singleseatmindset.com. Um, for your listeners, if they're, if they're in the U S this is a hidden link, but singleseatmindset.com forward slash podcast gift. It's all one word. It's all lowercase. So podcast gift, singleseatmindset.com forward slash podcast gift. If they go there, the first three listeners, I'll send them a free copy. 
I'll send you a free copy, but I'll send them a free copy of our single seat wisdom volume one book. If you're outside the US, still reach out and, and contact me. I'll figure out how to get one to you. Um, we're here to to give back. Obviously, it does something for me, right? Because like altruistically, uh, I feel really good to help other people. So we're in the business of giving here. Um, and uh, that's that's our launch pad, singleseatmindset.com. That's awesome. Well, we'll make sure we we do that and remember that offer that, that he's given us. So I appreciate that so much, Dominic. And thank you for, you know, your experience and and thank you for your do your, you know, your service um and what you're doing. I mean, giving to those kids is a great thing. I appreciate it so much. Um, you know, thanks for being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate your time today. Had a good time. Thanks, Bob. Great. Thank you. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, or corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.